Hi, I'm Jack Bailey from the Blue Line Report, and today I'm going to be interviewing the Senior Manager of Marketing and Business Development for the North Bay Battalions, John McLennan. Hey, John. Hey, how you doing, uh, Jack? I'm good, I'm good. Um, so, you have a really cool job. So, like, what do you do in your job on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, really on a day-to-day -day basis, what I'm doing is trying to recreate uh, revenue for the hockey club. So it's anywhere from selling season tickets to group tickets, uh, rink board advertising, uh, in-ice logos, and things like that. So basically my job is, like I said, to create revenue for the hockey club and, you know, sell everything you can so that uh, the team can make it uh, viable here in North Bay. Nice. So... Um how do you think the OHL has handled these uncertain times and like the pandemic? Well, I think the the uh, OHL has done a great job uh, with Commissioner David Branch in handling the pandemic and whatnot. We've tried to uh, keep our fans in the loop as much as we can. From a North Bay Battalion standpoint, uh, we've done the same thing, you know. And and right now, like what uh, Mr. Branch has said, is that the league uh, will likely start up uh, sometime in the fall. So. You know, that's what we're looking at from a North Bay Battalion standpoint. Our first home game of the season is generally uh, the last Friday in September. And I'm not sure that's going to be when we're going to start. We're going to have to leave it up to, uh, you know, the, uh, the the government and the healthcare professionals. And we'll take direction from them. But we're really looking forward to the, the puck dropping because we think we're going to have a very strong team. Uh, when the OHL season does return, do you think there will be seats in the stands filled? Or do you think they will come back like most of the major sports leagues right now with no fans. Well, I think from a North Bay Battalion standpoint and the Ontario Hockey League standpoint, it's very difficult for our team to uh, to play with no fans. Uh, we're driven by gate revenue, so we need ticket sales in order to, um, to make it viable and whatnot. And I know they've talked about one time of maybe playing with 25% capacity or, or maybe 50% capacity. Uh, really, we don't know, but... It is important for us to have uh, have fans in the stands, and and we're hoping that uh, we're going to be able to do that uh, come hockey season. So I know we've talked about uh, like how the OHL and the North Bay Battalions have handled the pandemic. How do you think the city of North Bay handled? I think the city of North Bay has done a very good job, uh, led by Mayor Al McDonald. Uh, you know, basically he's on social media every day and and keeping people in the loop about what's going on. And in the North Bay, we really haven't, uh, I think we've had somewhere around 30 cases and, and, and when one death, unfortunately. So the people of North Bay have really, um, you know, listened to the experts about what they, they can and can't do. And they know the North Bay Battalion are doing their part. We've got uh, North Bay Battalion masks out there that, you know, fans can buy for $10. And, you know, when the new policy comes into play in uh, on Friday, I think uh, a lot more people are going to be wearing a mask. And I think, it's important for everybody to to be safe, follow the protocol, so we can get through this. Yeah. Um, how do you think the uh, social media has affected the game of hockey? Well, I think they're just digging for stories. They're trying to find uh, stories to keep you know hockey relevant and whatnot. And and basically, there's there's not a lot to talk about. I mean, you know, we can sit here forever and, and look at it and go, you know, we have to. Um, um, fill the seats as best we can, but we don't know how many seats we're going to have to fill. So it's, it's almost like a, a, you know, shooting a dart at a dartboard. You, you don't know where it's going to land. You don't know where we're going to land in the way of hockey beginning in September, October, November, December. And, 
you know, and, and the media is trying to, to do their best. But, you know, I think in the, for the most part, they've done a good job because now they're starting to do more in-depth stories on players and organizations and behind the scenes and, and what they're doing to, um, to get people through the pandemic. And a lot of the stuff they're doing is very entertaining as well. Could you see the uh, OHL doing a bubble situation like the NHL, the NBA, and the MLB? No, I, I really can't see that. Like, I mean, as an example, here in North Bay, you know, all of our players, a lot of them, probably 90% of them come from all over Ontario. And then we've got a couple players uh, coming in from Russia and one player, uh, Avery Winslow, from, from Florida in the States. So I, I really can't see getting into a bubble situation. What I can see is maybe players that don't live in Canada, they might have to come to North Bay and be quarantined for a couple of weeks and then and then start playing. But to get into the bubble situation, it's really too difficult. The kids are anywhere from, you know, 16 to 20 years old and they have to go to school and they have to live their life. So I, I can't see the Ontario Hockey League doing a bubble situation at all. North Bay Battalions this year were fortunate enough to get the first selection in the OHL draft, and they had the chance to select Ty Nelson. How do you think he's going to help them? Well, Ty Nelson uh, is a first-round pick and first overall, and from all indications, uh, he's going to be a star on the ice and and uh, somebody that uh, uh, North Bay fans and Ontario Hockey League fans are going to look forward to watching. You know, he, he's a he's a strong defenseman, and, you know, already I think the Hockey News did a story on that. I think it's three years down the road. He'd be projected as maybe a first-round pick in the NHL. So it's a lot of pressure to put on a, a young kid. But from all indications, he can handle it. And, you know, in talking to our general manager, Adam Dennis, he said he's a very strong player on and off the ice. And Luke Moncada, who's our team captain, has been on the ice with him a few times down in the Toronto area and said uh, he's going to be a thrill to watch. And, and the fans are going to watch uh, Ty Nelson uh, come Hockey season. That actually perfectly leads into my uh, next question. Um, do you think there's too much pressure put on uh, players coming to the draft, such as like Chris Muski, Alex, Alexi Lafreniere, or Ottawa 67's Marco Rossi, or uh, Sudbury Wolves' um, Quentin Byfield? No, not really. Like, I think coming to the Ontario Hockey League, the kids are young, but I mean, when you bring them to the OHL, um, you're putting them into homes, they're going into school. They're a part of your community. They're on TV, radio, newspaper. You know, all the teams have an educational coordinator. They have uh, mental health professionals that work with the team. And, you know, while you're in North Bay or while you're in the Ontario Hockey League, you might as well enjoy your three or four years of so-called fame. And I think the Ontario Hockey League and the Canadian Hockey League in general, which, you know, encompasses the Ontario Hockey League, Quebec League, and the Western Hockey League, I think they do a good job, uh, a great job, and getting players ready for that next step. So when it comes time to be drafted into the National Hockey League, um, they're ready and they know what to do. So this is more of a fun question. Who do you think has the coolest logo in the OHL? Well, you know what? Uh, you know, I kind of um, I kind of like the Sudbury Wolves. I think they, they have a great logo with the wolf on the front and, and the blood and whatnot. Um, other than that... Uh, you know, I, 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 not anybody really stands out for us. In Ottawa, they have the barber pole uniforms, and, and they're they're kind of cool. And I think North Bay Battalion, like we have, we have a, a great logo as well with uh, Sarge in the front, and he's kind of the leader of the hockey team. And you know, we have the you know the green jerseys, and some people look at them and and they 
go, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not so sure about them. And some people absolutely love them. So, you know, I, I think there's a, a few good logos in the league, but, you know, I, if I had to look at other teams around the league, I think Sudbury is pretty cool. Yeah. And um, all of the CHL is like the coolest uniforms, logos, like branding. Well, I think that's what the teams do is, you know, you have your home and away jersey and sometimes you come out with a third jersey to create some hype in your community and it helps generate sales and, and, and revenue for the hockey club. And, you know, you don't play around with your jersey too much, but I mean, even in North Bay, we've uh, brought back for a couple of games um, over the last six years, we've had a North Bay Centennial night where we've worn the old North Bay Centennial jerseys. And then we've done, you know, pink in the rink for uh, breast cancer where we've had the pink jerseys and they've been over well. So you try and do what you you can uh, with your jersey to create some fun and excitement, but for the most part, I think a lot of people are traditionalists and they don't want to mess with a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, who do you think has been your favorite player to watch in the OHL? Well, I think uh, over the course of the years, I mean, uh, we've had a couple, especially in North Bay, and. I, you know, Nick Paul, who was drafted by the uh, Ottawa Senators, or was traded to the Ottawa Senators and played with the Senators last year. He was a pretty exciting player and was able to uh, get a lot of excitement into the um, arena here at Memorial Gardens and whatnot. Uh, Barkley Goodrow, who was traded to Tampa Bay Lightning at the trade deadline, was an exciting player to watch. And um, you know what? Justin Brazel, who's now property of the Toronto Maple Leafs, a Northern Ontario kid from New Lisker, two, two hours north of uh, North Bay, was uh, quite exciting. And, of course, uh, Rossi with the Ottawa 67s was a thrill throughout the league for sure. If you're a Boston Bruins fan, um, outside of the OHL, how do you think uh, they're going to fare in this 2014 playoff format? Well, I, I think that the, the Bruins are a very strong team. And, uh, you know, as long as they stay healthy and um, don't have a lot of players um, sick with COVID and whatnot. You know, they got the top line with Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak that can play with anybody in the league and can dominate a game uh, offensively all the time and love Rask and goal and Chera and McAvoy and Krug and those guys on the blue line. I think the Bruins have as good a chance as anybody and they're number one during the regular season and I'm hoping they're going to come out as number one when the Stanley Cup Finals get underway. So, um, who is your prediction for the Cup this year? Well, I think I've got to go with the Bruins. I, I can't see any reason why they uh, they can't win the Stanley Cup. They are a very strong team, and as long as they stay away from uh, injuries and whatnot, uh, you know, I think they're going to be fine. The Bruins being a little bit of an older team, uh, the playoffs will be around longer this year because of the playing round and then the little um, – Round robin seeding thing that the top four right. teams of the conferences are doing. Uh, do you think that's going to have any effect on some older teams like uh, San Jose and like Boston? Sorry, not well, San Jose. I think it will have a. I think it's. I think it's definitely going to have effect on some of the older players in the NHL. And I mean, it all depends if you stayed in uh, uh, physical condition uh, during the last you know three or four months and whatnot. And you look at the Bruins. And and Bergeron's a little older, and of course, Chera is one of the oldest players in the NHL, and Rask is getting up there as well. But these guys look after their bodies, and they eat the right foods, and they do the right things in between games. And 
I think that they're probably re-energized because they want to fight for the Stanley Cup and they want to play well and whatnot. And it's going to be tougher for some of the older players, but these guys are making millions of dollars and and they know what they have to do to be successful. And I, I think for the most part, the older guys will be able to handle it just as well as the young guys. So do you think when it's all said and done for Brad Marchand, do you think he'll be a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Brad Marchand has been on all-star teams. He's been on the Olympic team. He's won a Stanley Cup with the Bruins in 2011. Yeah, he's done some crazy things uh, that, as a Bruin fan, even I don't like, and I'm sure he doesn't like and regrets it and whatnot. But, man, you can't argue with a guy who gets 80 to 100 points uh, every single season. And everybody you know, would love to have him on, this, on their own team, but they, they find him very hard to play against. And Brad Marchand is an outstanding player. So, um, going back to Northfield Battalion, uh, you've had the chance to work uh, with Stan Butler, who has been one of the longest-tenured CHL coaches. What do you think sets him apart from other coaches in the league? Well, Stan has been around in the league for 20-plus years and did a great job with some world junior hockey teams. He did a great job in the Brampton Battalion and you know took North Bay to the OHL final in their first year in North Bay. And, I mean, he's, he's a hockey legend. He put a lot of players into the National Hockey League. He, he developed a, a lot of players as well. And, uh, you know, he deserves a, a lot of respect for the job he's done uh, developing junior hockey players for that next level into the National Hockey League. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much, Jack. It was uh, my pleasure. And we'd love to have uh, you and Nathan come to a North Bay Battalion game sometime and we'll treat you. Love for that to happen. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, take care. And for our next guest, we have our NHL correspondent, Dylan Reed. Hey, Dylan. Hey, Jack. Um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, your playoff predictions and um, the new Ottawa Senators Leaks logo. So let's start off with the leaked uh, Ottawa Senators logo. What do you think of it? Uh, I mean, it's kind of the exact – well, Looks a lot like the old one that they had, which is kind of what I like, kind of a throwback feel. But at the same time, they added a little bit of some new stuff, like they got rid of the name uh, on the little golden curve to your uh, to the right side of the logo, and on the uh, on the left side where the uh, spikes are, the little spike things uh, that were originally red are now gold, uh, which is I feel like that's uh, a huge impact because senators are not necessarily red they wear gold armor so i'm glad that they incorporated a little bit of gold a little bit more some gold what do you think um i'm personally not the biggest fan of this logo i just think it's we i feel like it was the evolution of we started off with this logo and then we went to that 3d logo and then we ended up where we are right now you know so we went from this to the big eyes, to the um, the current logo that we're at. And I feel like we're just taking a step back. And I think just because Ottawa is relatively, relative to the NHL, is just such a fairly new logo. I think if you really wanted to play on nostalgia, I feel like you bring in, you incorporate that O logo instead. Um, but I just think it was kind of a miss here. So the, uh, the Ottawa Senators definitely do have a time to pedal back on this if the fan reaction is not great but i'm just not a big fan of it because i think it's just stepping back instead of showing nostalgia
Well, yeah, but at the same time, um, yes, I, I agree with you. If you're going for nostalgia, you could go for the original Ottawa Senators in the early 1900s. But right now, I think that this new team, this is a completely different team uh, than the original Ottawa Senators. So I think this new logo, uh, or this old logo, is kind of the throwback. And uh, and everything in it is is kind of... It's a little bit updated. So if you see, like, no more no more Ottawa, which, like, no team really has their name in it. Um, no really team has their name in their logo. So it's kind of it's kind of an updated version, uh, which I kind of like. Because it's, like, it is a throwback, but at the same time, it's a little bit of more... They made it a little bit more modern uh, to what other logos might look like in the future and what they look like now. Um, so... If you look at inside the uh, inside the actual like circle area in the little head, uh, there has been some updates on the face. As you said, did you say there were bigger eyes? Um. So, uh, the original evolution of it was that uh, it was this logo. Then they had the three D logo, or not three D, but you know what I mean, the new logo. But the eyes were like really big, and then they changed it to the current logo that we see right now. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that's, that's different. What, one thing that is, uh, one thing that I, I don't like about it that I'm, I'm kind of on your side about is kind of the, uh, well, you if you look at the, uh, sorry guys, we were just facing some technical difficulties, but, uh, so current to catch you up, uh, we were talking about the Sens logo, Dylan's a big fan of it and I'm not such a big fan of it but i do get the reason why the ottawa senators have changed because i think that logo the current logo that they have is kind of now synonymous with the eugene melnick era the eric carlson era of the ottawa senators which i think ottawa wants to just kind of like hey that happened and that's great but we want to move in a different direction from that which i completely get so i think this logo will represent the Thomas Chabrot, Brady Kachuk era of the Ottawa Senators. So in that sense of the matter, I get why they did that. So our next um, next segment is we're going to be talking about uh, Dylan's predictions for the 2014 playoffs. So I'm just going to list off the uh, matchups, and I'm going to hear Dylan's opinion on who do you think is going to win in this five-game five series. All right, we're going to start off in the Eastern Conference with the 8th and 9th seed Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Columbus Blue Jackets playing on August 2nd. Dylan, what's your who do you think is going to win this series? Uh, my prediction is definitely going to be uh, Toronto. Toronto's been a pretty strong team and Columbus uh, has had they have their they have their select few players, but uh, Toronto's just got a, a huge buildup on their team. They got Matthews. They got everyone. Um, and that's really going to be the bigger difference there. Uh, but at the same time, you got to factor in the fact that um, the new uh, draft lottery. So what's, which teams are going to drop out? Is Toronto going to drop out? Or, or are they going to go for the Stanley Cup? That's really... You kind of gotta be really confident with your team, thinking yes, we're gonna win the Stanley Cup, or no, if you if you're gonna think, uh, a little with a little bit more of some long run strategies, you might want to drop out in case like you see another team that's been 
uh, hot this year, and they you know that you're not going to be able to beat them. So you're probably going to want to drop out, and uh, you're probably going to want to drop out and uh, and try to go for the uh, the first round pick in the 2020 draft lottery. But overall, I think Toronto uh, is going to stay in, and I think they're going to win that uh, that little feud. I think the uh, NHL really handled the draft lottery like. They definitely wanted to have it early just because there was no sports. So this was a big marketing opportunity, which I get in the NHL sense. But um, I think they kind of handled it. They failed at the start, but they saved themselves when they uh, chose to have the 1-8 shot. So even I think they've prevented tanking because, you know, all these guys are working. Obviously, the goal is to win the cup so let's say a team like montreal who has been or chicago who has been the team that hey they're they don't have a shot at winning the cup this year so why don't they just lose especially in montreal's case hey if you lose and you get lafreniere uh home hometown boy and he's just the perfect spot and perfect player for this montreal canadians team i think they've prevented them from doing that because instead of a guaranteed uh, shot at Lafreniere, which we originally thought was going to happen with the draft lottery. Now it's a one in eight shot. And do you really want to take those chances and throw away uh, like your shot at the Stanley Cup? I think Montreal might have a good shot against Pittsburgh because there has been some potential injuries to Sidney Crosby. He's left practice. The NHL has not been able to disclose any injuries, but he has left practice so maybe the Montreal Canadiens, like, you never know with Carey Price. He can steal a series like that. And I don't know, maybe the Canadians do have a good shot. And the Chicago Blackhawks, what more experience do you need? Blackhawks have players like Patrick Kane, who is still a phenomenal player in this league. And then players with so much experience, like Duncan Keith, Jonathan Taves. I just think it outweighs young experience like um, Edmonton's Connor McDavid or Edmonton's Leon Dreisaitl. So that's my little uh, tidbit about um, but the draft lottery. But back to the predictions. So um, our next series is between the 5th and 12th seed in the Eastern Conference. The Pittsburgh Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens. Who do you think wins in a five-game series? Um, if, if we're talking... Well, listening to what you just said there, you have an excellent point. Uh, what are the chances of you getting Lafreniere in this uh in this draft lottery, uh, and throwing away your entire Stanley Cup uh opportunity? A lot, although I do think that in this in this particular situation with Montreal, I think they that they are going to drop out. Everything's been pointing towards them. They have a hometown boy. They have an opportunity of a lifetime. I think that they're going to try to drop out. Uh, even after what you said with uh, what are the chances? I think that the NHL is kind of, in my opinion, I think they're kind of throwing Montreal a bone here and trying to get them to, like, without without actually saying anything to them, because that's a little bit, uh, I'm not sure if that's, like, really illegal in a sense, but um, that's really not supposed to really happen at all. Um, but I think that they're kind of throwing a b- Montreal a bone here, and so I think Montreal's going to drop out and uh, Pittsburgh's going to win. What do you think? Um, I, I have my money on Montreal. I'm obviously not a sports gambler. Don't gamble if you're underage. 
I'm not condoling that. But if I was, <laughs> I would uh, go for Montreal because I just think, I don't know, Carey Price is like a little bit older and he's, a lot of people when they think of Carey Price, they're like, yeah, he's a great goalie, phenomenal goalie, but if he's a little older, how much rest can you get? Well, he just got, like, four months of rest. So now he is all the rest in the world. I think a fully healthy, rested Carey Price will destroy a team like uh, a Cro- Sidney Crosby-less Penguins. So I have the Montreal Canadiens winning in five. Our next matchup is the seventh-seeded New York Islanders versus the tenth-seeded Florida Panthers. What's your opinion, Dylan? Uh... Well, Florida's not really been looking too hot, although they do have a couple players that uh, that could go well. Uh, excluding the draft lottery here, I, I think that Florida doesn't really stand a chance against New York. I think New York's definitely going to take this matchup without a doubt. There's not much to say uh, other than they just they've outplayed Florida quite a bit this, this season. Uh, there's not much to say about that. That's all I really got to... That's all I really know. Uh, so far, I don't really keep up with Florida as much as other teams. So that's pretty much what I got. So again, I'm going with the underdog team. I would be going for the 10th seeded Florida Panthers. I just think players like Alexander. Wow. Yeah, I know. I th- I just think players like Alexander Barkov and Jonathan Huberdeau will just be able to overpower a, a less experienced New York Islanders team in the sense of like um Bar- Matthew Barzell, sorry, I lost his name for a second. Matthew Barzell, Andres Lee. I just think Florida just has just more depth and I think trading away Vincent Trocheck was uh to the Calgary uh sorry, I'm fumbling over my lines here. To the Carolina Hurricanes uh was kind of a mistake at the draft lottery. So, um yeah, but even then, I still think Florida has too much depth. I think Barkov will steal a series, and I think uh, Bobrovsky will prove why he got so much money in the offseason. So I take Florida in five. And our last matchup for the Eastern Conference is the sixth-seeded Carolina Hurricanes and the 11th-seeded New York Rangers. Dylan, go ahead. Ah, uh, well... Uh, well. If we're gonna if we're gonna yeah, talk, we're here, gonna for, talk here for for, for, for the New York, New York Rangers, Rangers, they've 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 had a they've lot had of a good lot players, of good as, well. players um, as well. Again, don't again, really keep don't up really with, keep the, New up with teams, the New York teams, but uh, it's, uh, if I had to if guess, I would pick the I'd New, pick York, the New teams. York teams. Uh, um, or the New, or the, New uh, uh, the Rangers. Wow, sorry. The Rangers they have they have all sorts of players. I can, I can, that can really can bring, really them, bring up them up here. here. Uh, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I was just I was thinking just they had Pajot, Pajot uh, but, then uh, but then I remembered that was, that was uh, the Islanders. The Islanders, the Islanders um, were really uh, experiencing uh, technical difficulties. We're really sorry about that. And um, thank you for still listening. All your uh, feedback really helps us. So um, let's go back to Dylan's point. He was talking about the... Six-seeded Carolina Hurricanes matchup versus the 11th-seeded New York Rangers matchup. Dylan thinks that the New York Rangers will win because of, like, their depth, which I totally agree with him. I think the New York Rangers have players like um, Temi Pranarin and Mika Zibanejad that will just overpower this young 
Carolina Hurricanes team. And I think the Hurricanes got so much better at the deadline by acquiring um, former Florida Panther Vincent Trocek to their lineup. But I just think Trocek and Ajo won't be enough to stop um, Hart candidate Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad, who's just gone on a tear this year. So I uh, I am going to take the New York Rangers in also five. I think these are going to be really close series, but I just think the skill will outmatch the other team. So moving on to the Western Conference, we're going to start off with the all-Canadian matchup in the first round, the eighth-seeded Calgary Flames versus the ninth-seeded Winnipeg Jets. Dylan, what do you think? Well, I mean, obviously, I'm uh, both Canadian teams, so... That's a that's a pretty good sign for uh for Canada. Both pretty good teams. Calgary coming out strong with uh with a couple of their best players, uh, Kachuk and uh and Goudreau. Goudreau's kind of getting older though, so uh considering considering that, I think Winnipeg might might take that uh battle. Um, Winnipeg has some stronger players, uh, some bigger hitters, and uh. And they got they got some smaller guys too, with to, to help it with you know putting some points on the board, but also they have some bigger guys to kind of lay them lay out the other uh, their op- opponent their opponent, uh, and uh, and I think that's what's gonna happen with Calgary. So my prediction is I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, take the eight seeded Calgary Flames because because as much as I'm not a big fan of him, uh, I think Matthew. Uh, I think Matthew Kachuk is just such an influential player. He has shown that he can be a shown that he can be a powerful body. He can put pucks in the net. That's for sure. And with players like Johnny Goudreau, even though he is getting a little older in age, he's still in. Pretty much, much the prime of his, his hockey playing game. career, and, and I, I think, think uh, players like, like um, Mark Giordano will just help pull out with skilled players. Pull out with skilled and players. I just think and I just think this is too well, well of an oiled machine, machine to, to deny, deny. And therefore, I think the Calgary Flames will, will take this series in four games. So our next matchup is the fifth seeded Edmonton Oilers versus the twelfth seeded. Chicago Blackhawks. Dylan, who do you think is going to win this series? Uh, well, uh, everyone's got everyone's got their bag of uh of players there, but I think Edmonton's got the the best one, uh, in that matchup. So I think Edmonton just the sheer way they play and the sheer amount of skill that the two, uh, Leon Di- Drysdale and uh, Connor McDavid, they're two of the best players in the NHL, no doubt. And they're two of the best duo uh, on the ice out there, no doubt. So I think uh, Edmonton's going to sweep. Well, not maybe not sweep, but uh, maybe maybe almost sweep. Maybe they'll, win, they'll lose one game. But I think it's going to be really, really not close at all. I think they're going to demolish. So, um... In the Eastern Conference, I said the twelfth seed will take will take um that series. Um, that's not happening here. I don't think the twelfth seeded Chicago Blackhawks will stand a chance against the too much powerful um Edmonton Oilers. I have two words why they're not gonna win. Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid is just such of a game changer. I think there's no no chance 
that the Chicago Blackhawks win this series, and I see um, Edmonton in three. So our next matchup is the seventh-seeded Vancouver Canucks versus the tenth-seeded Minnesota Wild. Dylan, who are you feeling in this matchup? Matchup. Well, I mean, it's a tough one as well. I uh, my brother used to like uh, used to like the Minnesota Wild, so I know I I and I haven't really been keeping up with them uh, in the past year, but knowing I I've been to a couple of their games honestly, and they have. They have the uh, the potential. They have th- some good players. They got some good strategies under their belt. Uh, a good goalie at, who's kind of younger but up and coming. And uh, and honestly, I see Minnesota winning that one. Uh, my, uh, my prediction, prediction is, is the seven-seeded Vancouver, Vancouver Canucks. Canucks. I just I feel, just feel like, the Canucks, like the Canucks, this young Canucks, this young Canucks team, team is, is too... Too fat, too much of a fast, too much of a fast team, too much of a skilled team. I think, team, I think led by their new new captain, Bo Horvath, with players like JT Miller and Tyler Toffoli. I don't see them um, losing the series. I say, I say Devin Dubnik is getting a little older, getting a little up in age, and I think they can put the puck. If they can put the puck past him, I think this is going to be an open and shut case. Vancouver Canucks in four. And our, and our last, last matchup, matchup, the 6th-seeded Nashville Predators versus the 11th-seeded Arizona Coyotes. Dylan? Dylan's going to take the series. He's going to take the series. Tough one. Uh, Arizona. Uh, I, I'm predicting Arizona. Arizona's got a strong team. Uh, although not many known, good, well-known players in the NHL, they definitely have some players that... Uh, that can hold their hold their end up and uh, and carry the team. So I'm I'm predicting Arizona. I match up. Um, and my prediction is going to be the sixth seeded uh, Nashville Predators. I just think this is going to be a goalie matchup. I think Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel are great players, but I don't see them stopping the goalie uh, duo of Christian Yaros and Pecorine. Like, if Yaros has a bad night, you have an all-star goalie coming in in Pecorine, who's potentially might be a Hall of Famer if he can win and get his hands on a cup. And if Rene has a bad night, you have um, this year an all-star in Christian Yaros. It's just a goalie tandem that is pretty much unbeatable. And I think they're going to go far in this playoffs just because they're, they're goalies. They have a... They have two brick walls in net, and I think it's just going to be too hard for Arizona to overcome this one. So thank you so much, Dylan, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'd love to have you back. Um, so we'll keep in touch, and uh, we'll um, try to get you back on the show. All right, thanks for having me. So thank you so much for watching the show. Uh, if you liked it, uh, go and download our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please go follow our Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. We really appreciate your feedback. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can go rate us. Give us how many stars you think we deserve. Uh, Thank you so much. This episode took a little bit longer to produce, so really try to give us some love here. And uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Bye.